Latinos Out Loud podcast. Yo, 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 it feels so good. It feels yo good. It feels so yo good to be here. It's just amazing. It's like fro yo. Fro yo, 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 yo. Uh, this can't be yogurt. Oh, is it TCBY? Uh, TCBY. Are you kidding me? The country's best yogurt, TCBY throwback. We just told everyone how old we were or are. Everyone hey, now knows. Yeah. We in New York, you could only find TCBY in the in Jersey the mall. malls. Yeah, you only you had to go to the mall's best froyo, TCBY. Never. I was like, yo, is this ice cream, yo? It ain't. It ain't as like it ain't as hard as ice cream, though. It doesn't taste like anything healthy or anything yogurt. It tastes like ice cream. There's no way. But I can't believe it's not ice cream. That's what I thought it was because I know there was. Like, I can't believe it's not yo uh, butter. Um, I thought this was the version of that, but for for ice cream. The country's best yogurt. They, there's got to be one somewhere at a rest stop in like Massachusetts, you know? Damn. Yo, I mean, you'd never be like driving on those highways and at a rest stop, there's like a Roy Rogers and you're like, wait a minute. Damn, Roy, oh, Roy Rogers. Rogers. Roy they only had one Roy Rogers and it was in 34th Street across the street from Madison Square Garden. Yes. And that shit was like a relic. It was like there for way too long. Um, I think they weren't even cooking Roy Rogers meals. I think there was like a, they were cooking Wendy's meals or some shit. But it just it's still they were too lazy to change the Roy Rogers like like wallpaper and shit. They brought the chicken from the frozen section of like Whole Foods and pretended it was Roy Rogers. I ain't going front though. I ain't going front. Like if we're gonna talk chicken, like '90s chicken, like let's talk '90s chicken real quick. Like 90s Roy Rogers took the cake for me over KFC. Like Roy Rogers had that recipe, I, and that's another mall chicken, right? Like you used to find uh, Roy Rogers in the mall. Yo, Popeyes, you don't like but Popeyes? KF- Popeyes. That's I, look, my number I, two for fast KFC food chicken. KFC was like my family's beach chicken. You know, when Ooh, you go yeah. to the beach and you get the bucket and everybody's eating. Ooh. Everybody's eating with like with all the beach water. Like they all got wet hands and they're all like, <laughs> they're all taking like drumsticks from the from the bucket. And you're like, yo, man, come on. Like wipe your hands first. El there's pollo. sand. There's sand all over it and shit. El pollo extra creepy. Oh, because it's the sand. Oh, the sand make it extra creepy. Pero yeah. está bueno, está rico. But um, listen, listen, I'm working at Popeye's. So I don't know if you guys go to Popeye's. Don't go there, please. Uh oh. Oh, whoa, whoa. You got secrets? Popeye yeah, secrets? Yeah, man, you might have mentioned this on the show before. I think yeah, I did, okay, man. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Speaking I worked of there the when, show. I was, when I was like 15, 16 years old, I worked there like for three months. Let's get into like the show. Yeah, you, that green stuff they was they, they had it in the back wasn't spinach. Uh, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to talk about all There Popeye's. was a lot of smoking in the back. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's I, up. I can't. I'm trying to like tune this out because I will say the family does sometimes go to Popeye's or as we call it, Popeye's. Popeye. I don't want to just tarnish that The here. biscuits. I mean, I, I, I'm i the guy who goes to like three different fast food spots and gets what I want from, from each. Well, I used to. I don't really do that now, but I used oh. to get a biscuit from Popeye's. Oh. Then you get the mashed potatoes from KFC. Oh, oh yeah. This is good. 
and then you get the cocaina from, you know, Angel from up the block. <laughs> Good shit, good shit, man. They got good shit. Angel got good shit. I didn't say it was all food. (laughs) All right, happy birthday to Angel, by the way. Okay, if that's the same Angel we're talking about, happy birthday. Yeah, yeah, peluquin, peluquin doing it all. No doubt. No doubt. We're talking about shopping. We're talking about shopping, Rachel. Like, I don't know. You got like that, that I just just finished shopping look. I just want to say, you guys, in case you don't know by now, we've kind of kicked things off, which is great. Like, do we even have to identify anymore? I always ask this question, like, every season. What do you, who do you identify as? Right now, I identify as the Latinos Out Loud podcast. That's my choice. My choice is to identify as LOL. And I also have a second to that. I also identify as Rachel La Loca. So Mm. I don't know who you guys, how do you feel? Jay Ferns, he, him. Let's go. Oh, he, him. Good one. Uh, I identify as uh, Frank Spiracy. Mm. Yep. Frank Spiracy. You know that he, dude from him, Motel? He, him, el, este, Frank Spiracy? No, it's question mark. He doesn't want you to know Ooh. if he's a he, him. Jamie knows me so well, man. <laughs> Always he hiding. Just, no labels. No labels for Frank Spiracy. <laughs> That's dope because that's like, you know, kind of Prince-like, you know, when he was just the, like, symbol, you the know? symbol, yeah. Right, the symbol. And people used to, be, used to be like, what are you doing? But now, I mean, he was ahead of his time. I, yeah. I, I mean, Prince was always ahead of his time, but especially with that. Well, yeah. you mentioned something really important to me, so I'm going to get into it, if that's okay. I use Let's this podcast go. to talk about everything that is affecting my life, and there's something huge, huge. Mm. Huge, mm. huge, 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 huge grant. Okay, is all I'm what gonna is say. This? Huge grant. Yeah, okay. like the actor. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's not as British, but it's huge. And I'm gonna talk about it here, if I may. Can we just get? Oh, so serious. Yeah. What happened, Rachel? I- I've been waiting for this moment for a really, really long time. You know, like I've been going the extra mile, literally like going the extra mile to experience this. But now I don't have to go that extra mile because the Target is finally open on 86th Street on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Really? This was the big thing? I love you. (laughs) Bitch, are you serious? (laughs) Oh, my God. Am I wow. serious? This is I, what a Target grand opening does to you? I have Target tears in my eyes right now. You don't see <laughs> the circles te- like the TNT. Target. <laughs> well, first of all, I'm glad you don't you don't call it Target. Like, <laughs> no, it's too classy for that. No way. It's it's another level. The old Barnes and Noble, R.I.P. Barnes and Noble. Like, I hate to see the bookstore go down because I did enjoy that bookstore so much. But to see Target within like a six minute walk of where I live is just as stupendous. And I want to just thank everybody for making this happen, including all the workers that built the Target. Um you know, there's some work that has to be done, i.e. I spent some money there today with the children, mostly stuff for them. Um, but mm-hmm. maybe, a, maybe a foam roller for me. Maybe a foam okay. roller. <laughs> that is the type of thing people get at Target when they're not even expecting to buy anything. They just come out with like a foam roller and, you know, uh, a massage, you know. A candle, a scented candle. <laughs> Electric yes, massage. yes. Yes. A portable shaver, you know, all that stuff. So oh, okay. wait a minute. So is this like a 
How big is this target, first of all? It's pretty darn big, if I may say so myself. Like, I, you know, you got these mini targets that pop up all over the place, right? And, like, they'll put the big Target logo on the facade of the building and be like, Target coming soon. And you're like, oh, is it going to be a Target with CVS baked inside and a Starbucks? Is it going to be a Target with, like, a Pizza Hut? Is it going to be, like, a yeah, Target? Pizza Hut. You know what With I'm the most regrettable pizza. I, I always get the most regrettable pizza there. I'm like... Nah, I don't. I'm I'm in Target. Why am I gonna get pizza? And then I get like two pe- personal pans with three breadsticks. <laughs> it's it's sort of like what we were talking about before. Like I go to IKEA sometimes just for the meatballs. Like those meatballs are so <laughs> so good. Why? Like it's just you're, you're waiting online. And then online. eat it in one of the in one of the fake kitchens and pretend it's your kitchen, right? A- absolutely, absolutely. Like, uh... <laughs> Jamie, Jamie, don't tell me you lay on the bed when you get tired too. Ikea. You go early enough on a weekday, no one's there. It's just you and your fake living room. I can see you napping on one of the beds for like an hour while Fatima shops. Like I can see you, right? I do Zoom calls from there and everybody's always like, I love your I love your uh, background. Wow, what a great kitchen. Your storage units are impeccable. (laughs) Your storage, your furniture set. You seem to have a lot of people in your bedroom right now though. It's like, oh. Are are those those S hooks hanging from a shelf unit? Wow. You've got dangling <laughs> coffee mugs in your kitchen. I never seen that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna have to blur the background real quick. You know. Uh, why is your family members all carrying big blue bags? <laughs> <laughs> I love those bags. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> like <laughs> the official laundry bag of Manhattan. Everybody carries their laundry in those blue IKEA bags. Oh, shit. <laughs> I put my recyclables. I put my recyclables in that. Oh, um, man. So, Rachel, wow. So, is this going to be... Is this dangerous for you to have a, a big-ass target this close to your home? Mm. Uh, okay, it could be dangerous if I had that kind of personality of, like, you know, oh, my God, I need my target fix. Like, I think I could control it, but I'm going to have to keep you posted. I really Ooh. don't know. Because, you guys, it's a nice one. It's it's not like a mini target, but it's not like a super target. It's like an in-between target. Listen, you know? as long as it's not like the one from the Heights, you're good. I haven't been in Ooh. that one yet. Don't you know? go, please. Don't go to the one in the Heights. Nobody's there. Like, listen <laughs> well, to Bovega. <laughs> no, this one it has an extensive food, like ah. supermarket side. It has mm. like kids clothes. It doesn't have a lot of women. Like, okay, I can't review this right now. It's too much. The, it's too much. One of our producers, Mitzi, she was we, when we were talking about this earlier, she mentioned that it's fun to just walk through Target like you're walking through the park. Mm-hmm. Like Ooh. it's okay not to buy. You don't have to buy something every time you go. You could just nice, take nice little stroll. Through every section, you know what I mean? You can sightsee, basically, in a car. Guys, you just brought up a really good point. Like, it's the perfect date, honestly. It's the perfect date. Just walk through both levels of Target while you talk. You get to see what she's looking for. She gets to see what he's inclined to look at. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you, if, like, let's say, okay, ladies, if you're walking, let's say, down the shaving aisle and he doesn't even look, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, if he's not even looking at razors, uh, I don't know about that. It depends what your flavor is, but if you like that Amazon look down there, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) You gotta connect. (laughs) Oh, I thought you meant, like, if she's looking at shavers and the guy's kind of just, like, letting her have her moment and not... Being all up in her biz, it's you know. It's all the very 
variables, Jamie. Cause like, okay, if you're walking down the razor aisle and she's not looking, hair removal is not important to her. So is it oh, important to you? You I, feel I me? Think, I feel that. I feel also look in the other end, if the girl sees the guys like in the DVD section, that means he doesn't have any oh. any cable well. or streaming services. <laughs> He's you like right. you still use a DVD player like what Damn. I don't even know why they why they selling that shit still right or if like let's say you're walking with him down the pet clothing aisle and he's into it like a lot you know right. it's also something to consider like he's into dressing his pet a lot are you gonna be cool with that mm. and, and so... if he goes to the pizza hut and orders three pan pizzas and four breadsticks <laughs> then you know there's issues that he has issues there he needs to go see a doctor and check his cholesterol stat Jeez. if you're with her and she's spending a lot of time in the female hygiene section you know what uh. I'm saying Think yeah. about that. Like, if she's spending... And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, because that could go both ways. It could mean that she's really concerned with her scent and how fresh she is. And that's a great thing, guys. Hi, mm-hmm. home run. Or it could be there's an issue, there's a problem, and odor has to be subsided at all times. You never Damn. know. Am I getting deep. too target deep on this target date? Maybe we you should move on. You are kind of getting target deep, yeah. Wow. Well, it's probably. Uh, by the way, if Target, anyone date. at Target, head of Target, is listening, um, we can do ads for Target on the show. Yes. Now that you can yes. see that we are shoppers yeah. of their store, so yes. Yes. especially Rachel, she's gonna, you know, have her mail delivered to Target to that Target. At <laughs> I just Rachel got a Target. You got a Target on Target. I'm thinking of a Target tattoo on my body somewhere, like the red wow. concentric circles. Mm. Uh, oh, I got to shout out one more thing about the Upper East Side Target is that they have, I forget his name, the dog, like a big Target dog, like statue right when you walk in. It's really nice. It's like a nice one. Come check uh, us out. Uh, I didn't even know they had like, a good dog. <laughs> come yeah, check, come us, check out. us out. Yeah, we'll yeah. be there. Me and Target, I- we'll be there. Come around out, now, you hear? They only bring out the dog in the east side, I guess. I I was really blown away. And then there's like a nice two-floor thing where you could see the bottom floor from the top floor with this like Target chandelier thing. Hey. Oh, it's nice. Yeah, they spent some time here. And I appreciate that Target time. And I can't wait to go back tomorrow. I can't uh, wait the to go one, back. The, actually, the Target in uh, Washington Heights, uh, they do have a dog, but they also have an owner that doesn't pick up the dog's shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's the one they have uptown, so Jimmy! shout out to <laughs> Damn, yo. Can we get a cleanup with a pooper scoop of the target dog shit again? <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Uptown dog owners, no, they're not, uptown, they're not clean. Baby. They're the, not clean. The not target clean. dog here on the Upper East Side has a dog walker, so Ooh, we're fine. You know what okay. I mean? Fancy. Yeah. Fido, Fido, whatever his name is, Petey, Spuds. I don't know what his do- the name is. I just messed up any chance Spuds? of No, that's like the beer. That was the beer dog from the 80s. Spuds McKenzie. Spuds yeah, McKenzie. yeah, you've been yeah. spotted Benji, like Spuds McKenzie. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Well, Benji, you know, I had... I'm going to tell you something real quick before we get into this next thing. Is like, when we were thinking of naming my son Benjamin, I was like, yo, the people in our age range, age range kind of remember Benji the dog. Like, is that cool? Is that mm. like any? And he's like, nah, nah, we're old. And people at our age are going to forget stuff pretty soon. So like Benji's kind of going to, I guess, fade out and we're, we're good. Do you agree or disagree? Should I change I his name? I barely remember Benji, but I do remember him. But um, yeah. I think eventually, yeah, the, the, the young, young, at least people that... 
he's not gonna get teased by any kids. That's They're not gonna concern. know who the hell Benji is. Yeah. Although they did rape, they made a, a remake of Benji recently, like a couple years back. Oh, but gosh. it didn't really, it didn't catch on like the '80s one did. Good, yeah, he was bigger like the '80s, not this time, not this time. All right, well, this is really exciting, you guys. Other exciting news? Anything else you guys want to share before we get into another exciting part of the show? Not really. I'm just waiting to get into this exciting part of the show right now. Oh, I like that you called it an exciting part of the show. Jamie, do yeah. you think it's an exciting part of the show? Well, anytime we introduce uh, someone we're going to interview is very exciting because, Oof. you know, we get to learn about someone new. Ooh, I love that, like, POV. That is exactly what we do. We get to know about somebody new sometimes or, like, somebody whose career is so impressive that it should be shared like just the path itself to just share among our listeners and for us to learn and see what people are doing out there it's really dope so without further ado i think we and should the just... dirt and we want the dirt always. Always, always right 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 of course you know age sex loke all of it um there we are again <laughs> aging ourselves back to aol chat rooms and uh All right, you guys, this is the part of the show, fill in the blank, I say it all the time, but I really, seriously, truly mean it. Every time I say that this is the part of the show where we interview someone amazing. This is the part of the show where we interview someone amazing. Make a song about it. Uh, I, and if you want to, like, contest me and say that one of our guests wasn't amazing, meet me in my DMs. Like, let's mm. talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Whoa, whoa. I don't think that's people use that for what you think they use it for. Oh, well, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to say meet me outside, but like that, you know, um, but meet me in my DMs and we'll talk about it. But this truly is someone amazing oh my gosh we have so much in common get ready guys get comfortable he is the author of fiction novel or i should say realistic fiction novel hidalgo heights he's a podcaster a super creative dude please put your hands together wherever you are for brian fonseca yeah. come on get up get up sit down get up sit down do like an encore type yeah. thing whatever you have to do you could, do an is, Ar- you could do an Arsenio we've Hall. We've told boom, Frank to boom. scream away from the mic, so that's why it keeps going in and out. Right. <laughs> I pre- Look, that's one of the best intros I've ever had. I appreciate it. And, right. of course, as expected, nailed the name pronunciation because when you, when you go on some of these shows with the white host, you know what I'm saying? Like, What do you they pronounce, like, Do they do pronounce Brian? They pronounce Brian weird? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely is not the first name. Uh, Brian Fonseca. Brian, <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> no, Rachel gave it that, like, that Fonseca. She gave it, like, yeah. that. Boom. Yeah, look, the it, Latino. And, Yo. And, and you know, as a typical New Yorker, my Spanish ain't great. We working on right. it. But, like, you know, I can still give you the Fonseca. You know what I'm saying? So we, we here. I, we I, here. I, I, <laughs> here come the Fonseca. Are we not doing that right now? What is this? What show is this? What do you want to do? 90s karaoke? Get out of here. Because I will bring the Aini Kamozi up in here. Stop. Stop. Oh, okay. wow. Okay. Check it out. Check it out. Yo. You knew the name. I didn't even, I forgot the guy's name, but you knew it. Okay. Impressive. Okay, stop. Stop. Right. Don't. Stop. It's, 90s were very impactful for me in my life. But Brian, yes. you're impactful for Latinos. So let's Appreciate talk it. about that. Okay, let's talk about all. Can we start with Hidalgo Heights? I mean, we Whatever you talk want to talk about. Whatever you want. 
All right. I don't really have a map or like, I don't think we need to go in chronological order, but I just think what you're doing is so interesting. You coin it as a realistic fiction novel, which is available now on Amazon, right? Um, and you could tell us where else, but like, what does that mean? A realistic fiction novel. Can you elaborate on that and give us, I don't know, some sort of synopsis or overview on Hidalgo Heights? It just means there's no superheroes and jetpacks and shit because there's people who can do that stuff better than I can and I will not attempt to. So I wanted it to be grounded in realism, realistic fiction uh, to sort of reflect like, you know, certain shows that we watch and certain books that we read to be based off reality and things that have actually happened and things that can actually happen uh, and things that do actually happen as opposed to like, you know, making it like a Black Panther sort of deal where uh, people have superpowers and shit. There's a space for that too. This is, I'm just not as good at it as the people that do that. So I wanted to stick with what I know. So that's basically how that uh, came about. That's super interesting. And so could you tell us like, what are one or two of those things that are based in reality that maybe we can, you know, get into here on the podcast from the book, of course. Yeah. So in terms of like, what the story actually is about without giving it too much away, right? Like there's a lot of different things at play because it's so layered, but there's a lot on, especially identity, for example. And it's funny because I'm actually working on a story about this now where, you know, there are people, there's a new generation of Latinos right now where we're born and raised here and our parents came from different countries, be it Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, et cetera, et cetera. And we are being told by various people growing up, you have to assimilate, you have to do this, you have to stop, you know, speaking or dressing a certain way when you're going to school. And then the reverse of it is like when you're speaking too properly and writing, you know, in advanced English or whatever the case may be, people will be like, oh, stop acting white, stop doing this, that, and the third, stop dressing up. And then Part of it, one character in particular struggles a lot with his identity because his father has raised him to be on a certain spectrum and he is sort of breaking down that wall and realizing like, no, I want to represent more of my culture. Like you've kind of raised me to be this white dude and dude is low-key racist, but you'll get that when you get into the story. <laughs> that ain't really a spoiler, but that's sort of what it comes down to, right? And there's a lot of like, you know, what defines uh, a Latin American? What the, what, why is there a such thing as um, the model minority? And why are people so comfortable with that? And why is it that people of color are always the ones having to make themselves more, you know, accessible to you, more comforting for you, et cetera, et cetera. So that's like one part of it. And then the other part are, and that really centers around the two people on the back cover and the four kids on the front cover. It's just like, you know, they're all athletes and things of that nature. And what connects them beyond being uh, athletes and being from the same neighborhood is just basically like, you know, they're in born into a situation that's really shitty. And the way America sort of looks at this, as we know from 2020 and just growing up, the way America sort of looks at this is that's your fault that you're poor. That's your fault that you're this, this and that. Just pick yourself up, come with, the, you know, work like the rest of us and you'll be fine when it's like, no, if you grow up in the hood, if you grow up looking a certain way, it just doesn't work like that. And then it gets into that whole thing and how that can really fuck up a 16 year old because they're 16, uh, at least at this part. 
And then, um, yeah, so it sort of encompasses that and just gets into a whole different myriad of things along the way. And it's not all super serious. I know a lot of that was like mad serious, but like, you know, there's some funny shit in there as well. But yeah, that's that's more or less what it was. What's it about? Um, it did like some of your childhood inspire, uh, this like, and is, is, you know, this is happening in a, in a board, in a town called Middle Ridge. Is some that, of it, yeah. is that a real place or is that a fictional place that's based on like a neighborhood that, you know, that you, that you grew up in yeah. or, you know? So the main town, the main town, Middle Ridge is one of the towns. The main town is a uh, Grafico. And that's actually the name of like this old newspaper uh, that was founded by, uh, I believe, New Yorkians in like the 1920s. And I just named it that. And Grafico is loosely based on Bushwick, not like New Bushwick, not like, you know, uh, yeah. Bushwick. That's kind of like <laughs> Williamsburg, but not like, like, you know, like the ca- a cat, the cat cafe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. No, 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 no. Cat bodega Bushwick. You know the what I'm saying? The cat bodega Bushwick. <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly, loosely, yeah. loosely based on like uh, Bushwick, uh, Spanish Harlem, and yeah. uh, like that, think that kind of neighborhood. But I would say Bushwick is a little more isolated. And then the Middle Ridge is kind of like the quote unquote deacon nicer part of town, where it's kind of like a blend between Ridgewood, which is where I'm born and raised. I'm on the Ridgewood Bushwick border, born and All raised. Right. And, um, and Middle Village, which is why I call it the Middle Ridge, so that you get a sense of like, oh, it's a little bit nicer over there. You know what I mean? Mm. So, and it's mm. a little bit different over there than where Bushwick is. So, yeah. I have a very important question for you, Brian. Yes. Okay. Do you call it the Interborough Parkway or the Jackie Robinson? The like, Jackie. what, what, do, the, okay, so the you Jackie. grew up. I don't even say Jackie Robinson. I just say the Jackie. The Jackie. <laughs> the Jackie. Nice. That's it. So you know what it is. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. Jackie Robinson. Shout out to Brooklyn real quick. I was born and raised in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn. So I was on, you know, the other side, okay. not too far from you, but my friends from Bushwick, you know, and yeah, I know old Brooklyn, you know, went to school in Flatbush, Flatbush, Utica, Utica, Utica. So. <laughs> Know about that dollar van life. Okay, you did something really special for Hispanic Heritage Month. We talked a lot about Hispanic Heritage Month on this show, and we mm-hmm. would like to keep the party going if that's okay, people. Like, you know, let's keep this party, let's keep this fiesta rocking. You did something special because I'm going to use the quote that you said. Um, Brian said, nationwide, we do a terrible job at highlighting Latino authors outside of Hispanic Heritage Month. Latinos, period, really. <laughs> And then if you could tell us the special thing that you did to, like, flip that and make it so positive. And I thought it was wonderful, but uh, I'm going to let you answer the question. Yeah, like, I I dropped the ebook on the first day of Hispanic Heritage Month. And, and Love that. the whole thing was kind of like, because we only had physicals out, which came out, uh, fully came out June 1st. But, yeah, my whole thing is like, and this is something I had actually written about on Latino Rebels. We do this thing where it's kind of like, we only celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. Those 30 days, I and mean, not really, it's really like the first week. Everybody gets wow. hyped and they start, they start, they start <laughs> writing about like, yo, make sure you cook rice and beans as an homage, you know what I'm saying? And do all this shit. <laughs> and it's Mommy, like, yo. it's Latin Heritage Month. Que porqueria esta. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> and they, and they, they really only celebrate us for like, you know, the first part of that. Um, when, and then, look. Black people go through the same shit with Black History Month. Women go through the same thing with Women's History Month. Asians, Indians, et cetera, et cetera, where it's like, 
yo, so we get this one month and then wait, so everyone else could have the rest of this shit. It's like, why can't y'all just celebrate Burr. us? And why can't we just celebrate each other, people of color in particular, uh, all year long, every day, all day, as opposed to just, you know, this one month that we get uh, that white people were kind of like, hey, you know, all right, we'll give you this. Just leave us the fuck alone so we can make yeah. your life a living hell. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm, so it's kind of mm, what it is. Well, I truly respect that. It was like a gift. And, uh, okay, I want to talk about podcasting, if we mm. can, okay? Absolutely. You have a podcast, so you're a fellow podcaster. Shout out, Podcasters yeah. Unite! Yeah. Podcast Unity. So I would love for you to tell us about that, because it's also like a nice smorgasbord of topics that you and your co-hosts cover, sports and hip-hop and uh, the era. So tell us about the podcast and how people could catch that, too. Yeah, the podcast, the podcast, the podcast. Wow, the podcast is called. Woo! Ain't, what ain't, do you do during the podcast? <laughs> the podcast is called the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Uh, based, you know, the Nas song, same thing. Uh, we just sort of spun it into a podcast name. Uh, we've been doing it for me and my co-host Dexter Henry. We've been doing it for about four years. We're actually. We're actually just about to put out episode 199, so we're about to hit Ooh, that 200. Wow. We're about okay. to hit that 200. Yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> you know, you guys ain't newbies. Congrats. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. We've had a bunch of uh, different people on there from like the sports media space to the political space to a couple artists like Sky Zoo's been on it. Um, for those of you who follow hip hop in, in New York City, we've had reporters like Kimberly Martin and Howard Beck, if you follow basketball and NFL. We've had Julio, uh, who's been on this podcast, Julio Ricardo Varela. He's been on our show. All right, Latino Rebels. Yeah, yeah. And he runs Latino Rebels, which is one of the places I write at. So, like, yeah, like, we cover a lot of different ground, sports, hip-hop, social issues, uh, sometimes politics. And sometimes we just turn on the mics and be like, yo, whatever happens, happens. And then that's it. (laughs) Yo, Brian, I don't mean to interrupt. I don't mean to interrupt, but can we shout out Julito one more time? who's now a journalist for MSNBC. Facts. Like, yeah. Yo, we, absolutely. He's, he's such a friend to the room and he just announced that on his Twitter a few days ago and he said like he's always wanted to like be that type of journalist. Like that's incredible. Universe yeah. is listening, yo. Okay, please continue about the podcast because look, we're going to nerd out a little here because this is where we get into this the discussion of like, you know, let's share some stories here. Like we've also been podcasting for a number of years. We're around like we're just past 200, right? We're in the 220s, I think. Something like that, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I lost count after 150. Yeah, I was like, that I don't too. even know. It's like, yeah. <laughs> do here count to infinity fine but like that's, yeah that's why i number them let's talk about the evolution of podcasting let's talk about how you started it why you started it so give us give us some background on that think about this when we started this was 2017 we had met because we were both dexter and i were working at saint francis college um and we both know like even with our age gap he's He's not going to like that I say this. He got 11 years <laughs> on me. But, like, we still have a lot of the same interests in terms of sports and hip-hop. And I have an older brother around his age. So I grew up listening to, like, Nasty Nas and Black Moon and, oh, you know, Black Hel- Moon. Helter Skelter. Oh. Yeah, Helter Skelter and all this yes. shit. So I'm like, I, I, I have a prodigy. Biggie's in the mix. Prodigy hoodie on I right see now. That, man. Shout out, my, my baby. So... So like, and that's real New York ass shit. So like, yeah, yeah I was I was raised the right way, as my brother liked to joke. But um, <laughs> so Dexter and I just had a lot of shit in common. And at that point, we were already like, yo, 
do we really want to name it a podcast? Because everybody kind of has a podcast. This was four years ago. It was four years ago. And now, yeah. like, everybody really has one. But we were everybody still, really has one. But it's like, you know, just because everyone's doing something doesn't mean you don't do it. You just have to do it in a way that separates you like you guys do, right? Like, yeah. do it in a way that separates you. Do it in a way that's unique. Do it in a way that you love it, more importantly, so that it doesn't really feel like work or it feels, yeah. you know, not as much like work as, as possible. So that was really it. And we've, you know, all, just about almost every week, you know, like we've taken some time here and there. But for the most part, we've been mad consistent. And I think that's why, like we've uh we've done what we've been able to do and we still enjoy it to this day but i mean shit doing it independently that shit ain't easy especially as <laughs> especially as me a latino and him who's a black man so it's it's tough but you know we we're we're having fun with it still nice i love that yeah we you know when we started we also kind of felt like we needed to do it you know like it is something different like what we do on stage as sketch comedians like jamie and i come from that world yeah um and frank just being this you know i would say washington or inwood washington heights conspiracy theorist roaming the streets um (laughs) we just naturally came and then the friendship of 17 years plus naturally gave us this like circuit and then we bring in the comedy and then like and i'm not even trying to like stand here and give the elevator pitch of latinos out loud but everything i'm mentioning right now is stuff that we would do outside of the podcast you know yeah the catch-ups the hangouts going to the heights talking conspiracy stuff doing sketch comedy so it's wonderful it's so rewarding to do it on this dope ass medium like and to be pioneering, too. Like, you're doing the same thing. Look, I'm not a sports girl, okay? I'm sorry. I know uh, a little come on, bit. Yeah, anytime, anytime, anytime we mention anything with sports, Rachel just, like, mutes. Yeah. You know, she her chair's empty for a while. And then we got to wait for her to come but back. But there's a but. There's a but. But what I love what Brian Fonseca is doing is, like, you're everywhere. and sp- Like, you're doing so much around yeah. sports, writing yeah. and covering mm-hmm. and websiting and podcasting. And, like, I, I would love to hear more about that. That fascinates me. Mm-hmm. And then I know the guys have 7,000 freaking sports oh, questions Lord. for you. That's <laughs> when I'm going to melt into my seat. I may go get some raisinets. <laughs> I don't know. But please tell us about Because that's an interesting like you know Caldero that's an interesting I, I want to say like Sancocho but he's reeking uh, what is it it's an I interesting mean, we're, we're, still, we're still like that too you know okay okay una sopao really interesting <laughs> <laughs> tell us how you made the ingredients for this asopao Oh my ass, that's a long. I mean, I'll probably be going on for too long if that's the case. Cause like it's it's like the fact that I even wrote a fiction novel doesn't make sense because like I come from a sports world where like I was made to come up as kind of this sports writer. And then I quickly learned like I want to do stuff on camera because I see the only probably Latino I saw on ESPN when I was growing up, Pedro Gomez, rest in peace. I used wow. to see him all the time. Oh, whatever, whatever. Um, Dan Lebetard, who I actually mentioned in the book in my little thank yous in the beginning. That's my guy. He's Cuban. Um, and he's somebody who really puts on for the Latino community in terms of like, you know, really putting us out there in a in a super in a super, you know, non-American, non-typical American way, right? And for me, it's just like I've always wanted to do a bunch of different shit. That's all it comes back to. 
Uh, and I'm somebody who, like, I just quickly learn a bunch of different things. Like when you work at some of these companies, they're just not going to know how to use you right. They're not going to give you opportunities here. They're not going to do this. They're not going to do that. So you have to sort of just create them yourself. You have to find areas and find ways that'll feed you creatively that you won't get from these different companies. So I've been able to do that because I've been at a lot of places, many of which don't even pay that well, where it's like, yeah, if I'm going to be doing all this bullshit here, can I at least do something that I like? And then there's been a bunch of mm. other places where like, yeah, I'm enjoying myself at the same time, but like, you know, when it's usually on like a temporary or sort of basis or freelancing or part time, which is cool. But like, I feel like I'm always working towards something because up until last year, I didn't have a full time job in media. Everything was freelance and part time and contracts and temps and things like that. And even the full and the full time job I had, I fucking hated it after a while. Like I couldn't <laughs> sit there, you know, like I, I left in I left like last month and. I became instantly happier right away because now I'm doing more Yay! shit that I want. Now, what comes with that is like, you know, there's a, a little bit of instability at the beginning, but we're getting there. You know what I mean? We're getting there. And, you know, we mentioned Julio earlier. I've been writing, you know, on his site, Latino Rebels, a lot. And obviously that's taking care of some things. So, you know, I'm right. hoping to make that more of a consistent thing. And then I'm starting to do stuff with FanDuel, on, um, which is a for people who don't know, like us one of the biggest sports gambling books and companies and fantasy companies. We'll talk after the show. We'll talk yeah. after the show. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm going to start doing stuff on air with them. But like, yeah, there used to be this design pathway in media to sort of wrap this story up. And now it's very open-ended. So you can kind of like make it how you want. There comes with challenges for that. And I just think that if you really want to do some things, like you really have to just go after it, period. Brian, well can you tell said. us about La Cultura, the Puerto Rican story? Yeah, so I mean, you know how it is. If you're Puerto Rican, it's it's baseball, ba boxing, and basketball. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Boxing first, boxing first, bro. boxing first. Sometimes yeah. at the same time. Sometimes at the same time. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, I see that. Sometimes at the same time. So, so uh, the, and Dexter, my co-host, uh, his company, Backpack Broadcasting. Uh, he he has like different things that he's done creatively throughout his 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 life and career that we've collaborated on also. And he has this uh, series called Sideline Stories where it's about finding these different niche, super niche stories in sports and then trying to do a thing about it. And I remember like in 2018, anyone who's Puerto Rican is going to know this is a big deal. But 2018, I had got wind of a boxing card that was taking place the day before the Puerto Rican Day Parade. And if you're Puerto Ooh. Rican, you already know like that shit is like yeah. a holiday because Miguel Cotto will fight or Felix Trinidad <laughs> will fight like the day before the parade. Like that's what it is. And it wasn't Trinidad or Cotto, but it was up and comers. And it was a car that was taking place at the King's Theater in Brooklyn. So we got this idea and I told them like, yo, I want to do this story. I want to be a correspondent for it. And we wanted to tell the story about these three boxers, Zachary Ochoa, Matthew Gonzalez, and Edgar Berlanga, who right now is undefeated and a knockout artist and is fighting on ESPN regularly, who are fighting on this card the day before the Puerto Rican Day Parade, what that means for Puerto Ricans, because a lot of them are going to be in the audience. And it happened to be the first Puerto Rican Day Parade after Hurricane Maria the year before. So, you mm. know, the parade was going to be a super big deal. And then mm -hmm. we got into that and we made it into a little 11, 12 minute documentary piece, uh, like a short doc, which we've actually got awards for the Global Independent wow. Film Awards. Nice, nice, we got nice. best short film, best sports film. Um, I got like second place for like best Latino director 
or whatever the case may be. And I'm not even like, I'm not even a director type or whatever. Like I helped produce it, but like I'm more of a writer uh, in that sort of way and uh, and an on-air sort of person in that way. But I really wanted to tell that story. And uh, it's timeless because even now, like, there's still mad people. Like, there's people that will go and comment randomly. And every every time the Puerto Rican Day Parade comes around, people just sort of find the story. And it also helps that Edgar Berlanga has also been uh, knocking people out since that story came out. But, yeah, <laughs> Yo, La Cultura is on, it's on YouTube. And, uh, you know, it, it blends things that I'm passionate about. Storytelling, Puerto Rico, boxing, um, and media, I suppose. So you've I, you've written now, you know, um, you know, as a journalist, as a doc, a documentarian, as an author of a of a novel. Mm-hmm. Are there other areas of writing that you're tried yet or, or attempted that you're curious about? Yeah, uh, TV and video games, really. Mm. Ooh, okay, because the thing that's interesting is that, like with Hidalgo Heights, the cover for people who've seen it, it's loosely based on a video game. It's kind of like when you look at the characters, you it, you would see them in like an old GTA game or like The Sims or something like that. And that was intentional because I got the idea from playing NBA Street Volume 3, an old video game, mm. uh, where I popped in the game. During, look, COVID was fucking us up in April. It's fucking us up now <laughs> still. But I'm talking about New York. This is when Cuomo was still like cool to us or whatever the case mm. may be. Right. We woke up to him, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and his we, freaking PowerPoints <laughs> were killing the game. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Killing the game. He, he was coming out dropping 30 and shit. I was like, this dude ain't that creepy. He's cool. Then he got his nipples pierced during one of his morning showdowns. And everybody's like, whoa. That wait, was that the red really flag. Happen. That was the red nipple that <laughs> we, we should have seen. Yeah and, yeah. and then the idea came about like... Because one, we were locked aside, but two, I was we were all at that point, we were like, what are we gonna do? And we're just binging old TV and playing old video games and watching old movies and shit. So I popped in NBA Street Volume Three to see if it still worked. And that shit came out in two thousand five and it still worked. And in the game, I'm making this neighborhood and I'm making this neighborhood like cracks on the court, mad shitty, like all around or whatever, looking all like looking like a real hood or whatever. And then I started getting this idea for the book. The reason I bring that up to answer your question though is because I see it and people will see it when they read it. I see it as something that I want to make, make it to TV, make it to a series, mm-hmm. make it to HBO or Netflix or something like yeah. that. Like, I think one, we don't, we, the people on this mic, we don't get those kind of stories, right? Like we don't get those things. Like there are not a lot of hentifieds out there, for example, mm. right? Right. They're not. There are not a lot of those at all. You know what I mean? Or, or shit. Even narcos. And if they do, they just want to traffic in all the all the violence and shit like that. Anyway. Mm-hmm. But I love narcos, so I can't even front. Word, but like, word. come on, it's entertainment. So it's, yeah, yeah. Narcos know? Mexico. Come, I would be singing the theme song. What do you mean? <laughs> I never skipped the intro to Narcos ever. So, <laughs> so what's it called? Powerful. Powerful. Yeah, my girl hates that. She, she hates that I love it like that. But you know, she'll be all right. Um, but yeah, like I. That that's that's really what it is. It's like TV and video games for me because I grew up playing video games and I've always wanted to write TV and video games, like be a uh, what they call a narrative designer, which is where you work on the story of a video game, like write on the story team. Um, and in TV, you know, get into writers' rooms and things like that because, like, I feel like this was sort of a way of, in terms of, yeah, I'm telling an important story here, 
and that people should know. And then we all have our selfish goals for doing all these things, right? So selfishly for me, it was like, I want to position myself to where I can get into that space more because I've kind of had it with sports media. I'm fucking tired of the politics of it to some degree. Like I'm still going to do it obviously because I still love it and I need, but I'm going to be very particular about who I work with and things of that nature because I can do that now in a way that I couldn't move forward. So on the side of that, yeah, I want to be in writer's rooms on video games and television and shit like that. And you know, my email's open for that kind of shit. So yeah. There's a fantasy, you know, Latino fantasy story there. You know what I mean? For sure. Mixed with yeah. sports yeah. and podcasting. You can add podcasting in there. Absolutely. I don't know. I, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing it out there. But speaking of sports, you are a sports writer and you've, you hit on sports media uh, a little bit, kind of like maybe like a negative aspect of it. But like what made you want to really start writing in sports media? Obviously, you were a sports fan growing up. So yeah, my... uh. When the Daily News was cheap back in the day. I mean, I don't know how mm. pricey it is now, but everything's gone up. So I just... I read that online. Oh, oh, I, remember, I remember when it was a quarter, yo. Oh, wow. so, that, so that's what I'm saying. When it was like 25, 50 cents, my dad used to just bring it home all the time or whatever. And I, I often say that like that sort of got me started because I would just read it from the back. Like I wouldn't read the whole thing. I would just read the sports section, right? I would, I would see, I would see like Mike Lupica and you yeah. know Frank Isola nah. and them killing the Knicks and all this shit. So, ah, <laughs> so I, I used to, the Knicks. yeah. So I used to, I mean, the box scores. I was always fascinated by the box scores and they had numbers and evidence. You know, I learned what ERA was before I was supposed to, and my dad taught me how to do it in a calculator. I used to play little league baseball and then in high school I ended up playing basketball and running in track, and um. I played a little bit of football throughout that. And uh, yeah, basically, like, I used to also, and this is something that, that this is what sort of sparked everything else, was I used to create characters in video games, like in Fight Night 2004, in Old Madden or whatever, and I used to write little short stories about them. This is the person's little, like, few pages. This is the person's background. He's uh, born in, you know, April 26, 1980, from Charlotte, North Carolina. This is his wife. This is where he comes from. This is why he did, like, doing all this shit when I was, like, really young, like 12, 13 or whatever. I'm sure it wasn't written well, but, like, it sounded good in my head at the time. And then (laughs) (laughs) that sort of got me started to like i then it's like oh man i want to do this with real people like i want to be able to write features later on and then uh in 2006 sny i think came around for the first time oh five or oh six and i grew up a met fan um uh, yeah hey, hey, let's go. Go. Should we tell him that you were the face of the mets on sny for i did some commercials for oh, sny I yeah. did some, and I was the Mets fan, and the fan they had the fan house where all these fans were living in a house together, and I was like the Mets, the Mets guy. Well, you in mean the house, from you know like I mean? a couple years ago where they had like yeah. one for every team or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So shit. I was the Mets dude. Oh, I was the Mets, and they, yo, they, they, they brought us to games. I, I went with the guy who was the Yankee fan, and we pretended to like hate each other, yeah. and you know, it was like. <laughs> It was like we were taking pictures with people in the game, like yeah. But, so um, I have remember you know. when when SNY came around, and then I would be like, "Yo, like I want to be doing that." Like, and and obviously ESPN was a part of this too, because ESPN's ESPN, and you're watching people talking about the shit. I want to do that. I don't want to fucking wear a suit, but I want to do that. And then like you know, that's sort of where everything came to play. And then it was all about all right, how do I 
try to get to that point. And then when you get older, you see how things really are. Your goals sort of change because the destination becomes like, it's not like, oh, I need to get to ESPN. Now it's like, I need to do this and just make good money and be happy, right? Like, so it's, mm-hmm. it's different now, mm-hmm. but yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Brian, what are your favorite teams in New York? Mm. I grew up a Met fan. I'm still a Met fan. Uh, oh man, you and Jamie will get along just great. I'm for that. I'm all for that. I yes. don't claim a basketball team. I grew, no. I grew up. I grew up Man. watching uh, a lot of Nick games because they're in New York, and a lot of Net games because my brother's a Net fan, so he used to take me to a lot of Net games when he was a season ticket holder. Um, mm. There's an ongoing joke on my podcast where they call me a Ma- Miami Heat fan because of how often I talk about the Heat, and because they have two, probably my two favorite players in the NBA, of Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, and I like the way the organization runs. And uh, uh, Riley, yeah, uh, yeah. So it's like I admire them a great deal, and uh, I, I sort of own that. And then in football, I was a Jet fan until 2015, and then I had enough. I don't blame yeah. you. Man. I don't blame you. I, I was like, I'm done you. with it. Because G- Geno Smith was my last hope, and I still oh, to man, this. Hold on, I defend him to this day still. But my thing is, the Jets are just always going to be the Jets. And once he got punched in the face by hothead Ik and Polly who uh, I believe resisted arrest in college. So, you know, you could take that for what it's worth. And then mm. uh, Gino got punched in the face, broke his jaw. And then once they put in Ryan Fitzpatrick, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm done. Like, Over. I'm done. Because because this is not going to work out. They won 10 games, didn't make the playoffs. The next year they won four. And then he was on the fucking Ryan Fitzpatrick carousel again. Gino Smith tore his ACL. I'm still scarred from all this shit. So, Look, I could tell. Yeah. Like, you're wow. like, I'm not an Asian <laughs> fan anymore since 2015. Yeah. And football is not even my main sport. But last week... Uh, when Geno Smith got his first start in mad years and it was Seahawks versus um, yeah. uh, Steelers, I saw every fucking snap. And I was getting tight all over again because I'm like, this is the same shit they were doing to him with the Jets. They're not letting him fucking throw. He's doing these dink and dunk passes. They're not letting him take chances out there. They neuter him. They then, almost won that. They almost pulled that one out. but Right. And know. then what happens at the end, he fumbles and then the blame gets thrown on him. And I'm like, that he's the is, unluckiest, uh... the unluckiest motherfucker on earth. <laughs> Honestly. Oh my God. You know, Smith, I'm going to interview him one day, and I got mad questions for him, and not bad mm. ones either. Are, are, are you a fantasy football guy? Because I feel like I'm a Giants fan, right? But I feel yeah. like football has become my third my my third favorite sport because I don't really – I'm not, like, obsessive over the Giants as I used to be because on Sundays I'm looking at my fantasy football shit. You yeah. know what I mean? And I'm it's, like, oh, yeah. yeah, Giants lost again? All right, fine. Mm. But did, you know, DK Metcalf get a touchdown? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm – I'm wow. obsessed with that now in a way that it's it's not, you know, not my other sports I could do it, I could focus on my teams, but not really with football. It's taking you away from the game a little bit. Yeah, I get it. I I, I play some fantasy football. I play I play DFS a little bit also, but I'm I do more basketball cuz fo- cuz so for football for you is your third, football for me is sixth. Because first is <laughs> yeah, it's six. I I have a ranking of like six, but whatever. It's basketball one. Yeah, um, and away. that includes like it's NBA, WNBA, international, you know, wow. whatever. Like I love international basketball too. Harlem Globetrotters, wow. especially, <laughs> especially, especially FIBA. Yeah, yeah, especially like FIBA, the World Cup. I love watching like countries go at it, where it's wow. like Puerto Rico versus Nigeria, fucking wow. Poland versus you know Germany, whatever. Like I love wa- that's my favorite type of shit. But mm. basketball one, boxing two. You already know. Um, Mixed martial arts, I think, is third right now. Mm. 
uh, tied okay. with baseball, so they're tied for third. So that'll be like one right there. And then um, pro wrestling. Pro wrestling is fifth for me. I still watch it sometimes. Mm. I can't. Can let you it tell go. me some of your favorite boxers, Brian? Felix Ooh. Trinidad is the guy that put me onto sports. Period. Like he, wow. Felix Trinidad. I saw him way too early in life. I was like three, watching him knock people the fuck out. But like, <laughs> I like it was a thing. It was an event. Like you know, he would fight. My dad would take me upstairs to where like my uncle and you know aunt and all my cousins were at or whatever. And it became like this little Puerto Rican like little fiesta. You know what I'm saying? We would watch Felix Trinidad beat the fuck out of somebody, and then I cried like a little girl when Bernard Hopkins <laughs> uh, beat him in twenty in two thousand one. Why uh, is but, why is boxing? Why are Puerto Ricans so? In, I mean, you guys. I would say like you guys. Latinos, you guys are probably like top three when it comes to boxing. What, what is it about boxing that, you know, Puerto Ricans like? We got these what? fast hands, bro. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? Um, it's, I think it, we, I think it's just like NPR, especially because, you know, guys that come from over there and women too, Amanda Serrano's fucking badass. And she has like the most world titles. Uh, you know, in terms of like different weight classes than I think anybody in history outside of Manny Pacquiao, they might be tied right now. But yeah, like, it's just like, think about like how people get into boxing in general. What are your options? And a lot of guys are like, fuck, like I need to make some bread or I got all this pent up frustration because my life is so fucked up and I'm tired of it and I want to do something about it and I want to take it out on somebody. And then you're on this little island where like that shit is available, like that shit is taught even to this day. Like I, I haven't been to PR in a while and I want to go back. Um, you know, COVID kind of got in the way of that, but I haven't been in a while, but like, yeah, there are a bunch of gyms and the accessibility is there, but also like even here in the States, you have Puerto Ricans from Florida, like Xander Zayas, who fought a couple nights ago on ESPN, beat the fuck out of somebody. And, you know, he's 19 years old and wow. he's 11 and 0 with eight knockouts now. And he's somebody we're looking at, like he could be next up. And while he was born over there, he came and grew up in Florida. Edgar Berlanga, who I just mentioned, uh, is 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 based in New York, based in New York City, uh, from Brooklyn, I believe. And right. like, yeah, yeah. And I think he's trained. He might train out in the Bronx now, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, like I, I just think that we love it, and we also, I believe, still have the most world champions per capita in history, uh, because uh. small island, like three, three point whatever million people, mad world champ. Wilfredo Gomez, Wilfredo Benitez, Miguel Cotto, you know Hector what I'm Camacho. saying? Hector Camacho, Hector Camacho, like Edwin Rosario. Yeah, exactly. John so, Ruiz, the first. Uh, Latino heavyweight Juan Manuel Lopez etc etc like Amanda Serrano who I mentioned earlier um wow like it's crazy and I think that's that's really it's just a combination of a bunch of different things but goddamn, we love it there's still like an event to us to this day Mm -hmm. Brian this is the last sports question because before Rachel passes out um (laughs) no I only I only have one eye closed and one um, eye is open. So we're good. I'm going to just give you my profile a, on Zoom so you don't see the closed as, eye. As a writer, right, what, like, legendary historical sports moment would you ha- would you have loved to write about Ooh. when it happened? Ooh. Great you know question, I mean? Jamie. I've never, been, I've never been asked this question before. Ever, Ooh. ever, ever, ever. Exclusive, exclusive. You know what? Because we were talking about boxing, I'm trying to think of like a great like boxing moment or whatever the case may be. And I would probably say 
I mean, how could you not want to pick the Thriller in Manila or something Ooh, along those lines? Yes. I was thinking that you when you said boxing, I was like, oh, baby, how would you not want to pick or and this one might be actually my first answer. Mike Tyson's first world title victory. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Just this dude who coming up with the way he came up in Brooklyn because he has a super, I mean, Muhammad Ali has a super fascinating story too. But I would imagine not as many people were covering Mike Tyson at the time where, until right. you know he got to become the Mike Tyson we know now. And him winning his first world title, like, and then winning another one and then winning another one and then eventually he lost to Buster Douglas. But like just being there for the whole Mike Tyson thing, that is something that I wish that I was sort of around for because uh like he i think he was already in jail when i was born i was born in 94 and wow. yeah Man. so i think he was already <laughs> i think he was already <laughs> in and out by that point yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah but like you know on his come up like that is crazy and i can't think of something in my lifetime that closely resembles that everything that came with mike tyson being like mike tyson not just the knockout streak but i'm talking about like just the presence the aura people being fucking scared of him when they stepped into the ring with him you know yeah. as soon as they like you watch the old films you see some of these other dudes who would look at him like uh leon spinks for example i think is one of the best oh, examples yeah, when you look yeah, at him yeah. and you're standing across from him and he looks fucking terrified and he's just kind of like all right fuck it like i'm just gonna fight mike tyson and <laughs> then get messed up, he man. takes that first that's hit. how i look playing mike tyson's punch out right. i was like yo i don't know if i should do this it's a video game but i feel like i'm gonna get my ass kicked so i would say i would say i would say something mike tyson related or because i wrote about this not that long ago something uh, Roberto Clemente related because, because he like that was my dad's guy my dad was really young even when Roberto Clemente died but like I had written not that long ago about how people were calling Francisco Lindor Frankie and I had done research to find out like there were baseball cards with Roberto Clemente's name Bobby Clemente and this is the thing that happens with Latino names where they try to Americanize them and shorten mm-hmm. them in a way that sounds more friendly mm. and comfortable and Francisco was kind of like yo call me Francisco you know what I mean like that's that's my name I don't want to go by Frankie and then some of the white people were like ah you know whatever it's a nickname whatever and then I wrote about I was like no like this like call him by his name because this shit happens to us when we move, when our families move here, or whatever they want to give us all these nicknames and shit, and like they do it to black people as well. They want to shorten it, and it's like, no, just call somebody by their full name. It's not our fault that you can't pronounce certain things. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it's that simple. You know, so something. Yo, but yeah, Brian, I just want to jump in real quick and say that when my Russian family came through Ellis Island, you know, my mm. government is Rachel Strauss, but I'm kind of glad they chopped it because if not it would have been Rachel Straussovitz and Ooh. that extra of it there's definitely not enough boxes for Rachel Straussovitz Muniz for sure so <laughs> I'm kind of glad but no I, I'm making a joke but I feel you on that that is so 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 powerful I'm not even trying to switch gears because, you know, I'm into the sports talk, guys. It's just I don't really know how to jump in with, like, your facts and figures and names of players. But I'm for sure amazed by this journalistic perspective that Brian does. So, hello. But, okay, here, I just want to turn the dial a little bit, if I may. 
what I was going to say before Brian is like a lot of our listeners tell us that like, you know, they are moved by people's careers and how they've like been able to just, you know, funnel their way to this very narrow career lane, but they're doing so well and thriving so well in it. So I would love to give you the mic right now to offer out some advice maybe to those who are starting, those who may have a passion in sports and don't know what to do with it. Um, those that are are sort of the, the those kids in Bushwick or the Bushwicks across the country because it, does, it doesn't have to be a Northeast thing, you know what I'm saying? So what are some words of advice about your, you know, career trajectory and how to do what you do? I would say the biggest thing is don't be afraid to do shit yourself. That would be it. Like, don't, don't mm. think that you have to, uh, you know, apply to ESPN relentlessly hoping that they give you a call. Now, I would also say, like, just because you can do, do something yourself doesn't mean you necessarily should. I think that you should, like, school yourself a little bit and figure out the proper way to sort of do things effectively. And what I mean by that is, like, you know, being uh, – you know, doing it professionally, doing it in a way that looks and sounds professional. And that doesn't mean wear a fucking suit. Like, look at me. I'm not like, I hate fucking, I hate wearing fucking suits because it's just not practical. Uh, I'll do it at my wedding. <laughs> I don't know Love if I'm going to do it anytime before that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not against dressing up, but like in terms of practicality, like that's not what I'm necessarily saying. But in terms of like, like really educate yourself on the content you want to do, do what you love. I don't think is a, is a sort of just, you know, statement that is to be taken lightly. I think that that's something that we should all be pursuing. I think the pandemic also showed us that like, you know, for me, I had accepted a job the day before Rudy Gobert tested positive and shut the NBA down, which effectively, uh, uh, you know, that job didn't end up happening, which is also what Ooh. led me to write this book because I had mm. time all of a sudden because all my freelance gigs and temp gigs were done. So I had to pivot and do something myself. So that's why I say, like, just don't be afraid to just do something yourself. Just make sure that you do it, do it well and uh, do it in a way where you're not just like throwing shit at a wall necessarily, like really educate yourself and make sure that you're well-schooled in what you do. But, mm. you know, and make sure, and make sure that you care because I, I'm the type of personality, like, I don't know if it's a Capricorn thing, but like, if, if, if I'm going to do something that I don't care about, like it, it takes a minute for me to get up to want to do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I know Capricorns well. You Capricorns <laughs> have your spheres of influence and rarely do you step outside of those spheres. Has to be something so special, right? Um, yeah. So, okay. I also want to shift gears a little more and turn the dial deeper with this next question that I often ask of writers. I want to mm -hmm. learn about your process, Brian Fonseca. You've, you've got a room of writers. You know, we do some sketch comedy. We do branded content. We're working on a whole bunch of other stuff. Like, okay, for example, here are some questions baked within the main question. Okay. Do you need to be in a certain mood to write? Um, and if so, how do you get there? Do you need candles lit? Do you work in a tent with a flashlight? Um, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Candles lit, wow. Do you Do you use a... Do you use a word processor, a Commodore 64, a MacBook Dang. Pro? Like, you know, are like, you know, how do you get inspired to write, especially when you're on deadline for like sports stories and such? Like, explain to us your process. Do you use Microsoft Word? Like, let's get granular people like Domino Sugar. 
Okay. Mm. Tell yeah. us about your process. Yeah, it kind of varies, but like for it depends on what I'm writing. But generally speaking, like if I'm writing for like a bigger feature or if I'm writing something book related and I really want to focus, what I'm going to do, the first thing I'm doing is at block, block Instagram, block fucking Twitter, block Facebook, <laughs> block LinkedIn, <laughs> app called Man, at LinkedIn. block. I'm going to give them a free plug. They're called at block and they, I have them on oh, my wow. phone. And I, I'll do it for two hours, for three hours, whatever the case may be. And then on my laptop, I have one called self-control that does the Ooh. same thing. And I block off YouTube off my laptop, too, because if I, <laughs> if I, if I go on YouTube, it's a fucking rap. You wow. know what I'm saying? Like, so it starts there. And then in terms of, like, it depends on what I'm writing, how deeply I need to think about it, if I'm going to put music or not. I would prefer music be in the background, but sometimes I just need everyone around me to shut the fuck up. And yeah. I need silence <laughs> and I need to go to work. Other times I'll put on music. And if I'm editing something, like if I had already written it and now I'm just editing it just to make sure that it's good to go, whatever the case may be. I'll probably put on uh, some music. I'll put on hip hop or I'll put on salsa because like I, I need, I, I'll need that energy or whatever the case may be. And, you know, there are times where, and this is the thing about being a freelancer and being essentially self-employed and being a contractor, at least at this point, is like, you have to often be self-motivated. Like you have to be the person to get your ass up and be like, whatever, whatever. Cause there's no salary. There's no fucking benefits. Usually there's no, none of that stability shit. You're, uh, you're out there and you have to get yourself up and this is what it is. So for me, it's like, Sometimes you got to tell yourself, like, yo, stop being a fucking coward or I'll use something stronger than that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it'll be <laughs> it'll be stop, stop being whatever and then just go ahead and, like, you know, just fucking write. You got to do this shit. You got to get this shit over with. And then you try to find time for rest here and there. For me, that would usually be, like, playing video games or some shit or watching, watching one of the series that we talked about earlier. But that would sort of be the process. Like, I'll block out two, three hours, get going, see where I'm at afterwards, and then I may either continue or I may revisit it later on, um, you know, depending on what it is. But yeah, definitely, definitely the social media app block shit. I started that, doing that during COVID and I'm not going to stop that for probably the rest of my life because some shits will suck you in, man. <laughs> that's really good advice. And that's really different advice. I don't know if we've ever been uh, given that kind of answer. I love that. Brian, this has been such an amazing interview. We're so proud of what you're doing Appreciate and also it. how you're you're maneuvering all these different lanes of traffic somehow so eloquently. So shout out to you for doing that and living that independent contractor life, freelancer life. Yo, let everybody know how they can see Hidalgo Heights, how they could follow you. This is where you drop all the socials or anything that you want to drop. You could drop yeah. it like it's hot. You could drop anything. You could drop <laughs> your like anything. Just go ahead and drop it. So Twitter and Instagram at Brian Fonseca and why and why is in New York. Um, and that's Brian with a Y because that's usually how we do it. Uh, and then uh, and then uh, and that's what my dad shows. Uh, and then as far as where you'll find me, you know, writing at Latino Rebel at Latino Rebels and 
on air at FanDuel and the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast, as we mentioned earlier. And then Hidalgo Heights is available on Amazon. You could buy that for $19.99 or you can get the ebook for $9.99 if you're if you like digitally. I prefer the physicals, but you know, you gotta have both out there so people can do it. I would I would put it in the store, but like that shit costs a lot of money, and this is a self-published <laughs> effort because I wanted to keep the rights. I wanted to copyright it, make it my own, and make sure that oh, it's something no. I own because I don't want right. someone to be able to take it and adapt it and put it towards, you know, something and not get uh, the proper, you know, compensation for it. I want to be able to push that, as I mentioned earlier. So for me, Talk I was about like, it. Yeah. intellectual property, right? Uh. IP, right. Got IP. That, that's another thing I would say in terms of like, you know, people out there like who need advice or whatever the case may be. I would say, look, get IP, create your own shit. Right. Whatever, whatever it is, even if it's just one thing, I've done a bunch of shit. You don't have to just do one thing that's your own. Right. That you want to push. Um, so, yeah, you can get that on Amazon and there will be a sequel. I will say that there will be a sequel. Let's go. I don't know when it's going to come out yet. Maybe next year, but like we'll see. Uh, but I want to make sure I do it right. So I'm going to take my time. But it will, it, it, if, if not next year, it will absolutely be like 2023 and probably early. So, yeah. Wow, awesome. Woo. One time, people, for Brian Fonseca. Yeah. Again, stand up, blow your air horns. This is air horn time. Go ahead and blow them. Oh, wow. That was a great interview. Home run. Wow. Touchdown. Home run. Home, that's all you okay. got to say, Rachel? Home run? Now Rachel's uh, using sports terms. Yeah. Where were these sports terms in the interview? <laughs> Goal. Okay. Basket. Three-pointer. Jab. Three jab Three total knockout. That interview was a TKO. Don't you think? That is. Wow. No, it was. It was great. And uh, we got to learn a lot about um, this guy. It was a, we went through pretty much his whole career. Yeah, check him out, Brian Fonseca NY on the socials. Guys, that was so much fun. And you're always like talking about how I'm not into sports and I'm just not that I'm not into sports. It's just that I don't know whatever. I'm gonna Yeah, learn. once you get it once you get really into it, you need to know like players and and teams. That's where it's easy to get lost. It's like if somebody was talking about telenovelas and I'm like, Oh, I don't even uh I don't know who that is, you know. If you talk to oh. me about the different shades of eyeshadow that came out on the Urban Decay palette, then yeah, I know. I know the history of the naked palette, ladies. You know what I'm talking about. I'll give you the shades in alphabetical order for the last four seasons. But I don't know this knowledge. But well, you know what, Frank? Rachel, you put your son on the live Donovan yesterday talking about the Knicks' first loss yesterday. Yo. So you obviously knew about the Knicks losing their first game of the and season, right? And look at how right? I found out from a six-year-old, okay? He came upstairs <laughs> so animated, so animated. He comes upstairs. I'm like, what's going on? And he just, with his, like, missing tooth in the front, just started talking about how the Knicks lost their first game after six games in the start of the He's season. He's such a fan That was already. a good wow. breakdown. It was a good breakdown of the game. Yeah. And did. I missed a lot of it because, look, moms, feel me on this. Like, sometimes it's hard to grab your camera and capture the whole moment. Like, you know when there's a moment and you're like, where's the goddamn phone in your head? Because <laughs> uh, uh, it's just so cute. It's filled with adorableness. I just made up a word. But um, you know what we need to fill this podcast with? Some que lo que.
you guys didn't hear the music, the artist said it's que lo que, so let's follow the artist. It's que lo que. Who's going to go first? Anybody? Any takers? Um, let me go first just so I can shout out um, okay. Yero.com. Ooh, okay. yes. I don't know if you've heard of Yero.com. Yes. Uh, what is it? The news and lifestyle platform for Latino men? Yes. For Latino yeah. men. Oh, more emphasis. More uh, emphasis. So much love to our Latino gang gang at Yero.com. Um, and they are, all, they are calling all storytellers, content creators, and everyday people. Because they want you to share your story. Okay? So visit Yero.com to find out how to contribute today. You can contribute to Yero.com. Interesting. Mm. Um, so this Be is, a this contributor. Is, be a contributor, all right? Contribute because Latino men need their news and lifestyle platform, all right? This is what we, this is what we crave. Yes. Um, and also, um, check out me on social media, Jay Ferns, Instagram, J underscore Ferns, Twitter. All right, nice. Frank. Frank. I just want to give a huge shout out to a listener of ours. His name is Danny Rico. All right, it's real. AK and on IG, AKA Danny Rico. Left me a nice message. He told me that, yo, we light up his days. His, he hates his job. They treat him like shit. But, man, when he hears us, it's like a different vibe. So I just wanted to let you guys know. And just all the LOLs, give uh, Danny a follow, a.k.a. Danny Rico on IG. Danny, thank you very much for that message. I meant a lot. Thank you, We do this for listeners like you, Danny. Yes. Ay, que rico. Thank you, Danny. <laughs> Um, I love that his last name is Rico. That's a uh, gift. Rico. Rico. Uh, anything else, Frank? Or can I give some shout outs, my damn self? Can I go? Rachel, go ahead. Go give those damn shout outs. Okay, first, I have such a big shout out, you guys. Two former guests of the show are now mommy and daddy. Ooh. Big shout out to Chachi and Ooh. Chef Kelvin. They had baby boy, baby Eden on October 24th at 5.30, weighing in at six pounds, eight ounces. God Fine. bless baby yes. Eden. So happy for them, guys. Oh, it's baby season, guys. Congrats, congrats. I don't know what that means. It's always baby season. But congrats to those two lovebirds and now mom and dad. Oh, it's so beautiful. Um, I got a live show. I got a live show. I got a live show. Quando, quando, Well, sweetheart, I'll tell you. Um, All right. I have a live show. I'm going to be in old school sketch show again. O-S-S-S. I'm so excited. The show is on November 20th. If you guys don't remember, we've talked about old school sketch show on this show before. It's a show that is put together in one week. We all write. We all direct. We all come together. We put together a live sketch show. And there are some familiar faces in this sketch comedy show. Carmen Mendoza, Julie Tran. Okay. Carmen! Okay. I'm so excited to do this with them. And it's going to be at Asylum. And I've been wanting to perform at Asylum, which is actually the old UCB theater in Chelsea. Excited to see the new space. Tickets are on sale. Go to Asylum NYC. That's A-S-Y-L-U-M-N-Y-C dot com. And look for Old School Sketch Show on November 20th. Um... You know, I just want to shout out all of the listeners out there for your beautiful, beautiful comments and messages. I'm so inspired by you guys. I I just have to say, like, some of the messages I get are, I guess I'll call them unexpected. They pull at the heartstrings. You know, mm. guys, sometimes I get these messages from listeners that aren't having the best day, you know. And like Danny Rico, they'll say, like, 
thank goodness for you guys and what you post on social because you're keeping me active and positative. And that is so tremendous, isn't it? Doesn't it's that loud. feel so, so good? Big so time. keep those messages coming. I mean, if we can help shift your, your day a little bit in the better direction, then God bless. That's what we're here for. That's why we do it. You know, we're here to keep us moving forward and your day as well. So keep the messages coming. You can even call us, 978-LATINOS. Leave mm. us a message. You can hit us up at We Are Latinos Out Loud. And you can hit me up personally at Rachel La Loca. And I think on that note, we out!